can I have a couple of ushers? A yes, couple of guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I have a couple here. Let me keep one. Yeah, everybody get one. Yeah. You can pass them across. You can pass them. You need a, someone at the end. Everybody get one. You know, you never know what it's going to be about, so. So you can just kind of hold on to them for a while. Uh, we're not going to play golf and uh, practice our swings today, but uh, that's, that's the idea. You throw them up and what happens? Comes back down. Huh? So you might have an idea what we're going to do today. And, and then you throw them out. <laughs> yeah. So turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37. And you kind of hang on to those. You can just set it on the first pew there or wherever. Ezekiel chapter 37. And um, I've been thinking about this all week, right, Jose? <laughs> Jose, is, Jose has been uh, coming on Wednesday night, and Jose and I have been reviewing <laughs> Sunday's sermons and the future and the next week's sermon. So... Yeah, and so um, this is one I spoke about on Wednesday night to Jose, and uh, we were kind of running it over in my mind. So, um, and anyhow, Ezekiel chapter 37, and I'm reading from the Message Bible, and it reads as such. God grabbed me, speaking of Ezekiel, God's Spirit took me up and set me down in the middle of an open plain strewn with bones. He led me around and among them, and a lot of bones. There were bones all over the plain, dry bones, bleached by the sun. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Master God, only you know that. Only you know that. He said to me, Prophesy over these bones. Dry bones, listen to the message of God. God the Master told the dry bones, Watch this, I'm bringing the breath of life to you, and you'll come to life. I'll attach sinew to you, put meat on your bones, cover you with skin, and breathe life into you. You'll come alive, and you'll realize that I am God. Then verse 7 and 8. I prophesied just as I had been commanded. As I prophesied, there was a sound, and oh, a, rush, a rustling, the bones moved and came together, bone to bone. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing bone, thigh bone, connect to you, knee bone. I'm not singing that, okay? Just did, but anyhow, I'm not singing the whole song. I kept watching. I kept watching, Ezekiel says. Sinew formed, then muscle on the bones, then skin stretched over them, but they had no breath in them. He said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, tell the breath. God, the master says, come from the four winds. Come, breath, breathe on these slain bones, breathe life. So I prophesied just as he commanded me. The breath entered them and they came alive. They stood up on their feet, a huge army. Then God said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Listen to what they're saying. Our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. 
there's nothing left of us. Therefore prophesy to them. God the Master says, I'll dig up your graves and bring you out alive, O my people. Then I'll take you straight to the land of Israel. When I dig up graves and bring you out as my people, you'll realize that I am God. I'll breathe my life into you and you'll live. Then I'll lead you straight back to your land and you'll realize that I am God. I have said it and I will do it. God's decree. Well, Ezekiel is a prophet that spoke to Israel while they were in the Babylonian captivity. Okay, uh, the Babylon, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar came in and captured Israel, took over, overran them because of their sin. The, you know, the prophets told about this happening. Nebuchadnezzar comes in, he takes his first raid on Israel, to, on Jerusalem, is whenever he took Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego back to Babylon. So um, Ezekiel is a contemporary of Daniel. Daniel is in Babylon. Daniel's in the White House, so to speak. He's in the government part of Babylon. Ezekiel is on the street corner of Babylon. <laughs> Ezekiel's on the, um, the Hebrew village sector, Greenwich Village of, of, and I know Greenwich Village isn't in Washington, but you know, it's that, it's that Hebrew section of, of Babylon. And he is there as a man of God who is obeying the word of God and proclaiming God's message to the people of Israel. And he, what we would call is a uh, street preacher, maybe. He's a street preacher preaching to the people of Israel and he's telling them, of, of God's message. And he did this for 22 years. He proclaimed God's judgment on Israel because they had sinned and the, the reason that they were in Babylon was because of their lack of, of understanding of God's word and staying faithful to God. He also proclaimed the salvation that they would be going back to Israel, that, that, that God had promised them there would be an end to their judgment if they turned their hearts back to God. So Ezekiel was a kind of a guy, as you read through this, um, if you would read through the book, as you read through the book of, uh, of Ezekiel, you will find that he, he lives out his messages. He is kind of like a, an illustration. He himself, his life is an illustration of what he preaches and what he is teaching the, the people of Israel. So Ezekiel is fearless. I mean, you know, he proclaims the message of God uh, to, the exiles Jew, to the exiled Jews on the street corners of Babylon. And we find these timeless struggles of, of how the God is trying to always bring people to their right relationship with him. The focus that Ezekiel is looking at is that here are these, these individuals in Babylon, okay? They are away from their country. Some of them are there because of their sins and God is pronouncing judgment on them, but yet some of them are there because of what somebody else did. Their forefathers, their grandparents, their parents, what they had done. And so they are in Babylon because of the judgment that came upon the, the, of the people of Israel and they were taken captive. You see, Nebuchadnezzar, whenever the Babylonians, whenever they conquered, they would go into a land and they would take people out of their land and bring them back to Babylon to make them um, assimilate into the Babylonian philosophy. 
there is a prophecy that said that they would be in captivity and they would be in captivity for 70 years and then they would return to Israel. Well, we know from looking back over history, the Medes and the Persians conquered the Babylonian Empire and the Medes and the Persians' idea was not to transplant people but put them back in their homelands, just as the prophecies had said and foretold. But here we are with Ezekiel in Babylon, no hope of going back to Israel. They are conquered by the, this empire and they are held against their will in Babylon. And so Ezekiel now is prophesying and telling the individuals, the, the Hebrew people that are in captivity, he's telling them, you've got to straighten out your life, you've got to live for God, and get your life back in a right relationship with God because God is going to take you back to Israel. And so this was his proclamation to the people. This was his message. Restoring, and, uh, restoring the people to God and restoring the worship of God. In chapter 37, there is this vision of the Valley of the Bones. Okay? We've all heard the song, you know, the one we don't sing. Yeah. <laughs> The valley of the thigh bone connected to the knee bone, bones coming together, senior and all that kind of stuff. But I want you to look at verse chapter 36 for a moment. Just a couple of verses in chapter 36. Chapter 36, in, in the first verse, I'll read the first three verses. Son of man, prophesy to the mountains of Israel. This is very interesting. Here is Ezekiel in Babylon, and he has a message for the mountains in Israel. Okay? And now, they don't have, there, there's no way. It's like, you know, this is out in the future. They are taken out of their homeland, and they are in captivity, and they are being held there against their will. But along comes a man of God who says, you're going to go back to your homeland. And then verse chapter 36, he's telling, God is telling Ezekiel, prophesy to the mountains of Israel and say, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. He's declaring to the mountains to listen to what God is saying. This is what the sovereign Lord says. The enemies of Israel are saying, Aha, your God is no different than any of the other gods. Your gods got beaten by our gods, and we took you out of the land. Aha, uh -huh, verse 30, the enemies say, Aha, uh -huh, the ancient heights have become our possession. We took over the God of Israel, we beat him, and we kicked out his, this is the Dave McGee paraphrase, in case you don't understand it, that if you can't, you're reading it and it's not there, this is the paraphrased version, Dave McGee version of it, okay? All right, so... So, you, we kicked you out, the Israelite God. We took possession of you, and we are inhabiting your land. Therefore, prophesy and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Because they ravaged and hounded you from every side, so that you become the possession of the rest of the nations, and the object of people's mal malicious talk and slander, Therefore, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Sovereign Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to the mountains and hills and to the ravines and to the valleys. 
to the desolate ruins and to the deserted towns that have been plundered and um, ridiculed by the rest of the nations around you, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. In my burning zeal I have spoken against the rest of the nations, against Edom for, with glee, and he goes against all of them, and he tells them, my people are going to come back. Ezekiel is prophesying the people of Israel is going to, are going to come back and they are going to plant in the valleys. They're going to inhabit those cities that are, uh, that are laid vacant. That Israel is going to come back and they're going to take possession of the land. And he kept over and over again in this chapter, it says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Uh, verse 13. Uh, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Verse 22, uh, therefore say to the house of Israel, this is what the sovereign, he talks to the mountains, he's talking to the people, he's talking to the homelands, um, he's talking to the foreign nations. Verse 33, this is what the sovereign Lord says, on the day I cleanse you from all your sins. This is what God is saying in this verse 37. Um, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Once again, I will yield to the pleas of the house of Israel. This is what the Sovereign Lord is saying. God is telling Israel through Ezekiel, he's prophesying to the mountains, he's prophesying to the people who are saying, uh-huh, God can't do it, he couldn't keep, he couldn't keep uh, the nation of Israel there. We beat him up, we took him captive in all this. And Ezekiel is saying, people, <coughs> nations, you may be making fun of God, but he hasn't lost control. The sovereign Lord says. The sovereign Lord says. Sovereign means God has no limits. God is above all things. He is before all things. Sovereign Lord says that he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He is immortal. He is everywhere present so that everyone can know him. God created all things. And this, this is Colossians 1.16. God created all things and he holds all things together both in heaven and on earth, both visible and invisible. He holds them together. What did Ezekiel see? He saw a valley of dry bones coming together. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Verse, and, then God, and this is Romans 11. God knows all things, past, present, and future. There is no limit to his knowledge, for God knows everything completely. Ezekiel prophesied to these bones. They are going to come together. And this nation of Israel is going to go back inhabit the land that I gave them. Verse 37, chapter 37, verse 1, 2, and 3. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones, and he led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, God asked Ezekiel, 
Son of man, can these bones live? <laughs> Ezekiel, the kind of smart guy he is, what does he say, verse, the next verse? I said, go ahead. God, I don't know. <laughs> God, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I, I, he doesn't want to say, I don't think so. And he doesn't want to say, oh yeah, yeah it's going to come back. He goes, God, only you know whether they can live. <laughs> you see, do you believe that God can answer your prayers? Well, I want to say yes, but I don't want to say no. Only you know, Lord. Okay? I'm asking you a question. Can God answer your prayers? Can God intervene in your life and my life and make a difference? Can we stand here, sit here today and say, yes? Or are we going to say, well, everybody's looking. And if I say yes, that means it has to happen. If I say no, that means I don't have faith. God, only you know. It's kind of the polite way of ducking out. <laughs> and Ezekiel, after everything he has experienced, after everything that he has heard, after everything that God has told him, he says, well, God, only you know. Did you ever think that these guys are much different than you and I? Did we ever, you know, sometimes we look at the scriptures and we look at what's going on and we say to ourselves, self, these guys are really above us and we're, they're not like us at all. And that's not the point. They're a lot like us. You see, the dry bones here that Ezekiel sees in this valley, they represent Israel. They represent the, spiritual, the spiritually dead condition that Israel is in. They have given up on their God because God didn't do what they thought he should do. God should have kept them from going into captivity in their minds, but God said, you're going into captivity because you won't listen to my word anymore. Hmm. Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, What's the rest of it? The evidence of things not yet seen. Or being certain of what we do not see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, do you have faith? Okay, we're come along here. I'm, I'm, we're going somewhere. <laughs> we're going somewhere with this. And I'm saying, do you have faith? And you're saying, well, only God knows. <laughs> Well, you see, there's no such thing as an absence of faith. We either believe optimistically or we believe despairingly. But we believe. You believe you will succeed or you believe that you will fail, but you believe. You believe that God is at work in your life or you believe that God is not at work in your life. We believe. We believe that we can accomplish things or we believe that we can't accomplish things. And guess what? We are right. 
Your belief system will take you where you want it to go. Your belief system will take you to the valley of despair or your belief system will take you through to the heights uh, of accomplishment. It will be your belief system that takes you. And faith is your belief. Faith is my belief. And bringing together what we see in our mind's eye, in our spirit's eye. You can believe for failure. You can believe for failure. Do you know people who believe for failure? We all know people who know that it's not going to work. We all know people who are standing with one foot on the banana peel and one in the grave, just waiting to fall in. We all know people who believe for falling apart and for ruin and for failure and, and for frustration. They are believing that things aren't going to work. How do you know? You see, do you know what a pessimist is? It's an optimist with experience. <laughs> that comes from a pessimistic person who believes that it's gonna, not going to work. Um, there was a, an article, there was this thing in the paper, uh, the in, Encyclopedia Britannica. I got this off of Billy Graham, okay. There was this, this was his joke. Um, there's this article that says, the Encyclopedia for Sale, uh, never used. And the, and, the, and the reason for selling, selling, my wife knows it all. <laughs> That was Billy Graham told that one. Okay, he said, don't get mad at me. But you see, you can believe for success. You can believe for assurance. You can believe for wholeness. You can believe for stepping up and, and taking hold of things. My goodness, you can believe the preacher would be done by now. But God's word gives us assurance. God's word gives us assurance. And you have faith. And it is your response to God's word that gives you that assurance. Now, Ezekiel says in chapter 37, verse 4, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Do you know what the Hebrew word for bones is translated to English? I don't know what the Hebrew word for bones is. I can't give, impress you with my knowledge of Hebrew. The only Hebrew I know is Steph. <laughs> <laughs> She's Jewish, <laughs> in case you didn't know that. So the only Hebrew I know is Steph, okay? All right, now, but you know what the Hebrew word for bones is translated to English? Substance. Substance. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the bones. Faith is the substance hope for. The bones that are already there from which God is going to put it all together. Faith is the bones that God is going to pull together to make an army of people. Faith is the substance of what God is going to use to bring your life together. Do you believe that these bones will live? 
Do you believe that these bones will live? Ezekiel? Well, oh Lord, only you know. Do you believe that your prayers can be answered? Faith is your substance that will take your prayers and send them to heaven. But it is your faith that will send them and it is God's faithfulness that will bring the answer. Prophesy is a statement of fulfillment. Prophecy is a statement of affirmation, affirming God's promises to our life. And when we pray the word of God in our life, God's sovereign Lord, your word says, all things work together for good to those who love you and are called according to your purpose. So here, take your little golf ball. <laughs> Brad, you want to come? I want you to sing that song. <laughs> the one we started out with today. Take your prayer. This is your prayer. This is your golf ball. This is your golf ball-sized prayer. Now, some of us have tennis ball-sized prayers. Okay? Some of us have tennis ball-sized prayers. <laughs> you like that? I thought that was pretty neat. <laughs> Some of us have tennis-sized ball prayers. Sometimes I enjoy preaching, you know? <laughs> and, and buying my toys. Okay, but the idea is, does what size, no matter how big your prayer is, what are you going to do with it? You will believe it for something. You will believe that it's going to bring failure. This is your problem. These are your substance. This is your dry bones. Do you believe? Yes, I believe. What? God is going to answer my prayer or it's going to lead to failure and nothing will ever good will ever come of it. We believe something. What will our belief do? Where will our belief take our needs? What are your needs? What are your needs? Tracy's building burnt this week. You know, how can good come out of that? I believe that God can take everything to the good. You know, Jenny had cancer. What do we believe? God has to make it good. The Hebrew we know has a bad knee. Can God put the bones back together again? It's been a long time, Lord. Where do we keep sending our prayers? We keep sending them to the tipping point. Where is the tipping point? When it comes back down. Do you believe? Do you believe in the sovereign Lord who is, has all knowledge, has everything under control. The sovereign Lord. It isn't that the dry bones are dead. 
It's that they were going to live again. Every one of us have needs. Every one of us have things that we've been struggling with. Every one of us have difficulties. What are we going to do with them? I keep sending them up, but nothing ever comes down. But you know what? Keep sending them up. It will come down. God will answer our prayers. This is what the Sovereign Lord says in His Word. Not me. He says it. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will hear your prayers. I will answer your prayers. I will make a way where there is no way. I will, I will provide where you think there are no provisions. Whether it's financially, whether it's physically, whether it's emotionally, no matter what it is, God will make a way. Why? Because the Sovereign Lord says, as we believe enough to, to substance it up to heaven, he will, he will respond and touch our lives. He promises it. The Sovereign Lord says so.